Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. This is the heavily anticipated part two of Casey Anthony, and it's like part two of like four-ish, we're thinking. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I am one of your hosts, Jessica, and as always, I am joined by my wonderful friend, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. And we're just going to get right into it. So like Tara says, Casey is making like all of these like crazy wrong decisions, and Cindy is just not doing anything about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but like if I had taken $40,000 from my parents, they would have taken me to court so that I would pay them back. And it's not because my parents didn't love me. It's because my parents know that, like, you shouldn't parent by using the police. I don't believe that at all. But if things get to the point where, like, you could have put a down payment on a condo or you could have bought a car or, like, a used travel trailer, (laughs) all of these things, a boat, these are all things you can buy for (laughs) $40,000. I mean, she might as well have just gone out and bought herself a car. Right. And it made sense. Like, this whole thing made sense because, like Tara said, Casey is pretending to have a job. She literally goes every day and goes to work and then comes home and talks about her day. And at one point in time, she has two jobs, like the Universal gig. And then she got the second job at Sports Authority. And like Tara said, her friend called. She's not there. She lies. Here's the other weird thing is George showed up once to take her to lunch. Oh, right. Yeah. And Casey lied it off like, oh, I just don't work at that store or when pressed, it's like, you just need to leave me alone and drop it. Like that was kind of her how to handle it. And we kind of are closing out 2007 and entering 2008. And about this time, between 2007 and 2008, Casey gets a promotion. Quotes. Quote, unquote. (laughs) At her universal job so that she can quit her sports authority job. And she's going to become a party planner. Well, if you work in any kind of industry that has anything to do with like events or party, you know that they're not going to call it a party planning job. No. It would be like an events coordinator. And I know this because I know people who do this for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm going to poke a ton of holes in her fucking stories. (laughs) I mean, from what I can tell. So she tells her parents that she gets this promotion and that she will have to work nights, which would make sense. Like if she worked at Universal, like they would have like special events. She would need to work night shifts. And this kind of gave her the time to go in and out. Because like I said earlier, I'm the same age as Casey. So this is about the time I, 2007 is when I turned 21. So I can see like she's wanting to go out. She's wanting to hang out with people. This is the only way out. She has a kid. And most people would think, hey, you're a 21 year old. You're living at home with your parents. It's a Friday night. Couldn't you just ask your parents to watch your kid? Why do you have to lie? I mean, unless Cindy and George were like, you can't do this, you need to stay home all of the time, or it was excessive. Like, I know people who lived with their parents that had kids, and they would want to go out like every single weekend, and their parents were like, this isn't really fair that we can't make Friday and Saturday night plans because you literally, kid goes to bed and you take off. That's not fair to us. But it is what it is. So Casey was lying and she would travel, quote unquote, she'd go out of town. And this is where I want to poke a hole in this. So just I want to poke a hole in it now and let it deflate the rest of the time. She would say, like, I'm going out of town to Tampa or to Jacksonville to have these events for Universal Studios. Now, I don't know this for sure. 
is Universal in Tampa and, and in Jacksonville? It's just in Orlando. Because from my limited knowledge of Florida, which is just that like Bo used to live there and Disney World is there and that Harry Potter World is there. Harry Potter World's at Universal. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I get because like a lot of people don't realize that like Disney has like a Burbank place like that area. It's like Hollywood, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's that way in, in Florida. If you know, I didn't Google it. I didn't care that much. But one of the things my big hole I'm poking is unless she's doing some sort of like tourist recruitment, which doesn't make any sense. Why would you be traveling? For some reason, there's some sort of affiliation in those places. I retract my statement. Otherwise, I'm going to just let that fizzle out for a while. So during this time, like, Casey would go out on Friday nights and Saturday nights because she was working. And one of the ways that Casey could get away with this is that she'd go out, like, conveniently after Kaylee would go to bed. What she kind of became known for doing is that she would take, like, NyQuil or something of that nature and basically give to her kid so that Kaylee would sleep through the night and that she could go out and party and then come back and that she had done this several times. There is a four-part series on YouTube and this will also come out like way later in the case but I want people to know this up front. There's a four-part series on YouTube with one of the girls that she was in county with and yes they were in solitary but they would talk through the vents and stuff and she would you know she told This girl, like Casey told this girl, this is how I got her to sleep when I went out. But anyway, so she has this new promoted job where she's an event planner. Now, Casey is not qualified to be an event planner. This isn't something like, let's just look at the logic that George and Cindy fucking swallowed. She works in a kiosk or with a camera, whichever. I think right before she had Kaylee, she may have been actually like taking pictures of people walking around. Like you can get pictures with stuff like that. Yeah. But she went from that to a year or so later being an event coordinator or event planner. My parents would have been like, how? How did you go from taking pictures to this job? What blackmail do you have on someone? (laughs) (laughs) But they just like were like, okay, I got it. She wasn't qualified, but girlfriend still did it. So Casey was going out pretty much every weekend. Not, I wouldn't say every weekend. She was going out very frequently. And this caused some issues with her mom, too, because her mom was like, you're not home. But again, Cindy Cindy would just take it. And around the end of April of 2008, Casey would meet a boy whose name was Tony Lazaro. The two would meet on Facebook and then attended a party together. And it was a no-clothes party. And at first when I heard that, I was like, ew, (laughs) gross. But it's not. It's not that. No. I don't know if you remember this, but like it used to be all the rage to like take things that weren't clothes. Yeah. One of my friends went to prom. He had a duct tape tuxedo and his date had like a full dress out of duct tape. So people used to take like things that weren't clothing and then like put them on and wear them as clothes. And this was what that was. Yeah. And Casey would wear an American flag as a dress, which I think is funny because eventually she'd become to be known as the most hated woman or hated mom in America. (laughs) So. So the two started hanging out and she really liked him. I think he really liked her. And Tony was a college student from Long Island and he was there attending a local university. And I think he probably just was like, oh, there's this like party chick. And his lifestyle was very party, 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 because he was actually a club promoter, which if if you took her at her word of what her job was, it would make sense that they'd have a lot in common. Her being an event coordinator or event planner and he being a club promoter. And Casey was all about the party lifestyle. In fact, eventually she'd start helping him promote online and like start talking to people and promoting the club amongst her friends and acquaintances. According to Tony's roommate, Clint House, Casey would bring Kaylee over a few weeks into their relationship. It was about the end of May, beginning of June. And at first, Kaylee was with her like all of the time. She'd bring Kaylee over two to three times a week. And then like a couple weeks into it, it was like once a week. And then once we officially get to like mid-June, Kaylee stopped coming with Casey. So that's the timeline, according to Clint, of Kaylee's interaction with Tony. But I'm going to go into more detail so you'll actually like know the date that he met her. In a minute. Which is weird because, like, I'm going to say something, like, as an aunt, and I, like, Tara's a mom, so you can confirm this. One of the things I used to watch my brother do is he would, like, parade these women around my, my niece and nephew, and it used to bother the shit out of me. I know a lot of people who are like, I'm not even going to introduce my kids to the person I'm dating 
until it's been like six months, a year, maybe we're engaged. Like I I know people who were like, until I got engaged, my boyfriend never met my kid because I didn't want this kid to get attached to this guy and then he leave. Right, right. And especially because like at that age, Kaylee's so young, like she can't understand, you know? So it's just like, it's not fair to her as a child, like at all. Oh, yeah. I used to watch with my brother is that like he would bring these people in and the kids would get attached and then they would break up. And then it was hard on the kids, but it was also hard on the girl because she would get like emotionally attached to the kid. Right. So around June 1st of 2008, Casey would tell Cindy that she was going out of town to Tampa for work and that she would be gone for a few days. Now, it's really kind of fuzzy on whether at this particular time she took Kaylee with her or if Kaylee stayed with uh, Cindy and George. But she definitely, it doesn't seem like she was with her because she ended up texting the friend Amy that said that she was staying at Tony's and how much she really liked Tony. And on June 1st, apparently, this is why I kind of think that Kaylee was with her because I don't know how far Tampa is from Orlando, too. This is why I think this. She would text Amy and say, I really like this guy. And apparently this was the first time that Tony and Casey became intimate was June 1st. And also at this time, there's another guy that you kind of need to put into her stratosphere of craziness. It's a guy by the name of Ricardo Morales, and she referred to him as Rick. And Casey really liked him, but until Tony kind of entered the picture, Rick was like, I don't give a fuck. I think he was kind of like party, like these are my friends. This is a big group. I don't really know. I don't really want to be tied down. And then all of a sudden, like, somebody was taking away a shiny bauble and he was like, no, mine. (laughs) (laughs) But Rick would hear that Casey actually slept with Tony. And according to her, because she tells Amy the next day that Rick tells her that he really has feelings for her and that he likes her, which is interesting, like big eye roll at this moment, because also you should note that Amy and Ricardo are roommates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like there's a really close connection there. And so on June 3rd, Casey and Amy were texting and they were talking about their new place or the like that they were going to live together. And one of the stories at this point in time, Amy believes that George and Cindy are actually moving away. They're leaving Orlando. She knows about the money issues. They're just going to move somewhere cheaper, but they can't sell their house. So Casey's just going to live in it. And that Amy's going to come live with her. So that's their new place. Amy believed this so much that she literally forwarded her mail to this house. Like she put in a change of address form. The poor girl. And like shit started showing up for Amy. And George and Cindy are like, what the fuck? And I don't know the lie that Casey came up with. It probably was she's transitioning. I told her she could something like that. That's that's my theory. I don't know the actual truth. This is also about the time that Tony meets Kaylee. On June 4th, Casey posts on Amy's Facebook, just one week and it's just us girls. So she's literally put a timeline on this. Like, what was she gonna do? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. This is the level of lying, this woman. Like, you have to hear the lies this woman tells. Yeah. So that's on June 4th. This is also the night, the craziness that she is. She brings Tony to a gathering because it's like their friend Troy's birthday. And, you know, like some people like on a Friday night, they're like, hey, ever like we're going to celebrate on Friday and Saturday if you can make both great. But if not, you could just come to one. And so it was like that night, June 4th, Casey brings Tony to hang out with Troy and Ricardo, Rick, is friends with Troy and Amy and all of them. And so there's this drama because Ricardo's like, where the fuck is she with him? Blah, 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 blah. And Amy's like, oh my God, my friends are crazy. And Casey's just sitting in the middle, lapping it up like she's so excited because like all these people are fighting over her. So a lot of the shit that we know is true is because of June 5th, Grandma Shirley, who Tara was talking about earlier, sends an email to some friends, basically telling everyone about how Cindy is so stressed out because of George's gambling and all the issues Casey is like running around all the time. They don't know where she is half the time. They don't know where Kaylee is half the time. Cindy is basically done with Casey and she just wants to be rid of her to shoo her uh, away. But she can't because of Kaylee. And I know this is like one of those moments in time where people are like, well, what should we do? And I, I'm i of two minds because I see that like grandparents. I OK, I should preface this. I was raised by my grandparents. My paternal parents were not capable of raising children as young children. 
And that's fine. I loved my biological mom. I do not have a relationship with my biological father. That's fine. My biological mom, like Tara knew her. I loved her so much, but she was more like a a sister or like an aunt type situation. Right. Or as I said once, she was my bonus parent. So I get that. Like, I get why, like, grandparents feel this need to step up and, like, take a child from a situation Mm -hmm. because sometimes parents are irresponsible. Now, I do see the other side of it where, like, some people are just fucking crazy and they're like, I want the baby. I just, I don't, I think it's a little bit of mix here. Yeah. I think that there could have been a very amicable coming together where if Cindy and George had just let Casey run around and do what the fuck she wanted and just was their babysitter, things probably would have gone out a little better. Yeah. So on June 5th, that night, Amy texts Casey and is like, hey, do you want to come hang out with with me and Rick? We're going to go do some stuff. And she's like, I can't. I have to work. And June 5th is a Friday because Friday nights is at this club called Fusion in Orlando. Tony, that was his night that he promoted. So she, of course, was there that night because it's the night that he promoted. And I think this still happens. I don't know. I haven't been clubbing in a long time. I'm 34. I'm old as fuck. Like, I'm not going out on free weekend. (laughs) But I remember, like, when I used to go out, a lot of times on promoted nights or big nights, like Fridays and Saturdays, they would hire a photographer to come and take pictures. This is what happened. And Casey was in some of these photos. And so Amy and Ricardo are like, the fuck? Why are you in these pictures? Now, a normal person would have been like, I got off work early and went to see my boyfriend. Or those are old pictures. I'm trying to think of lies right now. Um, Actually, I thought of lies earlier. So it's not like I just can lie off the top of my head. (laughs) Or I talked them into wanting to talk to my boyfriend because my work was looking to do a party and he's a club promoter and like how we could work together. Nope. She goes, my boss, his kid was at the club and his kid's not supposed to be at the club. So he sent me to go get the kid. That's the dumbest fucking excuse ever. Right? (laughs) It's totally stupid. That's the lie she went with. Uh And they were like, gullible party of one or two, I should say. And they're like, whatever. So at that point in time, there's like some beef that's happening. And the next day on June 6th, Amy gets into a car accident and like totals her car. And Amy needs Casey's help. And Casey just makes excuse, excuse, I can't help you. I can't be there. I have Kaylee. I have work. I can't help you. But mind you, every single time that Casey needed someone to watch Kaylee, Amy, good friend right there. Not so much the other way around. Now, that happened on June 6th. She did not help her at all. No, didn't help her at all. But the next night on June 7th, Kaylee and Casey show up at Rick and Amy's apartment and are like, I need some place to stay. Can we stay the night? They were like, I guess. And I think a lot had to do with the fact that she had Kaylee with her. They probably were like, we can't just, it's 11 o'clock at night. I can't let a two-year-old be running around with her mom. According to Rick, when he got up the next morning, they were there and everything seemed fine. But Casey feels awkward because Rick likes her, but she's with Tony and blah, blah, blah. So she tells Amy and she's like, I just can't stay there anymore. And on June 11th, on this day, she was supposed to go help Amy get a car. She's like, I have to work, but updated her Facebook status. Her and Tony became Facebook official. Oh, man. Yay. Well, um, nothing really important happens for a little bit except for computer-wise. On June 12th, about 10.30 p.m., a search happened on the Anthony family desktop, which is their family computer. And it was like in their living room or close to that. And it was a search for a woman by the name of Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez, a.k.a. Zanny as you're going to come to find out. She put in the age of 25 and then Jacksonville. On June 13th, Amy was supposed to get a new car and Casey blew her off. And how she blows her off is she says that George has a mini heart attack. But don't you fret because later that night, she invites Rick out to go to the Fusion Club. And Rick, of course, is like, what the fuck? You were supposed to help Amy today. And she's like, but my dad had a mini stroke. And I'm like, okay, those are different things. Right. But no one's pointing it out, but that's fine. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. And, you know, my mom, she probably was like, my mom sent me home or I don't know, some stupid thing like that. Mm -hmm. So they believe it. Now, flash forward two days. On June 15th, it's Father's Day. And Cindy, I'm not sure if Casey brought Kaylee to her or if they were back at the house. 
But Cindy takes Kaylee to go see Cindy's father in the nursing home. And there is the cutest video out there. Yeah. Of him, like, holding her and cuddling her. And he's kind of, like, singing but mumbling, you are my sunshine to her. And she's just cuddled into him. And at first I was like, is this creepy? Like, he's holding her. But, like, she picks up her head and then, like, snuggles back into him. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. My heart. I know. And so they're there and they have lunch. And then Cindy takes her back to the Anthony residence and they go swimming because they have a pool in their backyard. Now, I need to note when they get out of the pool, because it's like an above ground pool, they take the ladder out and shut the gate because it's fenced off around the house, around the pool, I should say. Yeah. And then Cindy and George and Kaylee have dinner with Grandma Shirley, which must have been awkward because Grandma Shirley is like fed the fuck up with Casey. Yeah. So Casey comes to get Kaylee at this point in time and Cindy confronts her. Now... If you ask Cindy, George, or Casey, they're all going to deny this. But the thing is, is that their neighbors tell on them. And it's said that Casey lied. She said that that Friday night, the 13th, she had been at work the whole night. I, I do think that Kaylee was with them because that's why they had to watch Kaylee that night was because she was out working. But then somehow Cindy, I don't know if Cindy had a Facebook or someone just showed her. She saw the pictures of Casey partying at the club and they called her on it. And of course, they get into this big fight. And it's said that Cindy confronts Casey about stealing the money from Grandma Shirley, from them, just as like, blah, 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 blah. Again, they deny it, but the neighbors are like, no. And they hear Cindy yell. She basically threatens that she's going to get custody of Kaylee. And this is the 16th. So they all go to bed, right? Like, they all go night-night. The next day, they get up and Cindy goes to work. Because it's Monday, right? So June 16th, Cindy gets up and goes to work. According to George, and this is according to George and then some red flags that you should pay attention to. He gets up and makes Kaylee breakfast and Casey's on the computer and she's at, it's like 7.52 in the morning and she's messaging this guy on like on AIM, which is AOL instant message for those of you who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And so she's messaging him and it's this guy by the name of Ryan and she's kind of being flirty with him, but she's really telling him about the fusion night to come out on Friday. And so I think she's just kind of promoting the club, but it is noted that she was being flirty and she's on the computer till about 11-ish. It's like some people say like 1030, some people say like 1050. It's just 11-ish is what I'm calling it. According to George, at about 12.50 p.m., Casey and Kaylee come out of Casey's bedroom and they're both, they both have backpacks and Kaylee is driving in this really cute little outfit. She's wearing like a pink t-shirt, jean shorts, and some sandals. She's got her backpack on. One of the things that Kaylee loved to do was wear these like big giant, so like her mom's sunglasses. It's like she'd have big sunglasses on and they were ready to go. And he said that he watched them walk out and he followed them out and then he helped Casey put Kaylee in her car seat and then like blue kisses and all that stuff. And she said, like he said, like Jojo loves you because that's like what she called him, which I was like, oh, that's cute because his name is George. So it probably like she couldn't say it <laughs> and that Casey got in her car and drove away and this all happened about 1250 however her digital footprint tells a different story according to her footprint her digital footprint her phone doesn't ping away from the residence till 411 so there's a theory that she left and stayed close and just watched for George to leave and it also could be that he doesn't know the time of this too it could have been like 150. Because according to the home computer, Casey was logged onto the home computer and she was like on her social medias from 139 to 142. So she could have checked that, you know, grabbed Kaylee, jumped out into the car. But she also, she calls Amy and they're on the phone from 142 to 221, which is a big chunk of time. George will also go on to say later that he left at 230, which he will actually put on record in his testimony when we talk about the trial he'll say that so he's left at 2 30 and then according to the home computer a search was done on the home computer for a foolproof suffocation and it was misspelled and then like a minute later 
Casey's MySpace is active. So they're like, this happened and then this happened. So you're going to need to literally keep a mental note because we're going to talk about this part in the next episode. At 2.52, Casey calls Jesse and basically starts telling him that her parents are divorcing and she doesn't know what she's going to do. She needs to get a new car. She needs to get a new place to live. And at this point in time, Jesse thinks he hears Kaylee. He's like pretty sure at that point in time he heard Kaylee. And that's again at 2.52. At 3.04, George calls Casey and she hangs up with Jesse. And in the trial, this is also going to be another part that's important. Um, I'm going to actually tell you why it's important later, but you need to mental note that George called her. Mind you, this is all pinging on the same towers that the phone uses when Casey's at home. Mm -hmm. At 3.34, Casey calls Tony. There's no answer. From 4.10 to 4.15 or 4.14, Casey calls her mom six times. No one's answered. At this point in time, her phone is moving away from the Anthony residence and is heading to Tony's. And then we don't know anything that happens to her for almost about three and a half hours. Because at about eight o'clock, Casey and Tony go to Blockbuster and they're caught on surveillance camera, but there's no Kaylee with them. Right. And they rent two movies. They rent the movie The Jumper and Untraceable. So if we go with this timeline, the last time anyone has seen Kaylee would be George at 1250. He's the only person other than Casey who sees her daughter. Right. On June 17th, George and Cindy note that the ladder to their pool was like back in the pool and the gate was open. And then Casey's phone pings near the house and then goes absolutely silent from 523 to 823. And so it like is turned off. And then when it reactivates or turns back on, she's at Tony's or near Tony's house. It is also noted on that day that she went to visit a friend named Chris and she shows up, but she wasn't driving her car. She had Tony's Jeep. Chris was like a little weirded out because Casey was talking about how she needed a place to live and that she was looking at buying a house and she was going to buy a house for $250,000, which this is like 2008. So we're talking like housing crash time. Yeah. <laughs> or about. And, and $250,000 at the time in Florida was a lot of money. So he thought it was really funny that she called it cheap. Because, bitch, you don't, you don't have money. You don't got a job. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, according to her, she had multiple, but you know. Mm-hmm. On June 18th, Casey returns to her parents' house when they're at work. She backs her car into the driveway. This is also the time she goes over to her neighbor's house by the name of Brian Burner and asks to borrow a shovel. This is about 1.30. And she comes back like an hour later with it, but she doesn't seem like she's sweaty or dirty or anything. So there's always speculation. But it is noted that she asked to borrow a shovel. Yes. On that same day, she texts a friend and asks about leasing an apartment for Tony because they're going to move in together. And that she invites the friend whose name is Matt Crisp to go out to Fusion, which he's like, no, thank you. Flash forward to Friday, which is June 20th. She's at the Fusion nightclub partying again. And this is noted because this comes up a lot when you hear about Casey Anthony. If you know the case, you see her partying in this blue dress a lot. It's the night of the hot body contest. They always show the photos and like everything. This is that night. And you can tell she's like having a good time and she's partying and she's having a wonderful time. And this is on June 20th, which is five days past June 15th. And June 15th is an important date. Or I should say it's four days past June 16th. Cindy and George get concerned because they haven't heard that much from Casey, but they haven't talked to Kaylee at all. Casey's always saying that she's working and that she's out of town. And she's saying that she's staying with this nanny, which is Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez, a.k.a. Zanny, which is such a funny thing. I mean, at first I was like, why do they keep calling her Zanny? I'm like, oh, because her name starts with a Z and she's a nanny. So they call her Zanny. That makes sense. And that she describes her to her parents as someone who's half Dominican. Which is very specific. It's a very specific ethnicity. And she says that they're always in different places. Like when Cindy calls, because she calls every single fucking day to be like, where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? She's like, oh, she's at the zoo. Oh, she's at Disney World. Or oh, she's at the beach. It's always some excuse. It's always, she's not with me. She's with the nanny I'm working. 
at this point in time, you would think that they would be like, well, why don't you bring her here and leave her with us? Like, why pay a nanny? We're free, that type of thing. But, and she says that she's traveling all the time, but this isn't true because this entire time she's staying with Tony and she's very much like mother henning them and the aspect that she's just like, she's cooking, she's cleaning. And I think it has a lot to do with, I think this happens. I know I did this like when I would stay at Thomas's house, I'd like feel like I needed to clean up because I didn't want to like create a mess and then like his roommate had to deal with it. Right. On June 21st, Cindy calls Casey and Casey says that herself, Kaylee, Zanny, Zanny's sister, Raquel, and a co-worker by the name of Juliette Lewis, which is just fucking hilarious because it's the name of a famous actress. <laughs> they were going to Tampa because they were going to go to Bush Gardens and Cindy's like, well, how are you doing this? Like, how do you, like, Kaylee's, all of her clothes are at our house. They're all in her room. And Casey lies and says, oh, you know, I took some with me, but also Zanny has clothes for her. And oh, and also we went shopping and Zanny bought us all these clothes. This is your 25-year-old nanny that you're paying. Right? Like, that's not a thing. Cindy says to Casey, when you get back from Bush Gardens today, I want you to call me and I want to talk to Kaylee. And she says, okay. Casey texts Cindy later that night. Oh, no, Kaylee can't talk. We're so tired from the day. It was such a great day. We're actually going to stay another day. We got a hotel. Kaylee is just passed out, which that actually I could be like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, my God, it's so good. We're staying another day. Well, then the next day she's like, "Okay, you better have her call me. You better like I want to talk to her. And the next night she couldn't talk. Basically, it's like Zanny and her sister driving in one car and then Juliette Lewis, who took time from her acting career (laughs) and Casey and Kaylee. Kaylee are all in a car and they're driving and then Zanny gets into a car accident, right? Like ahead of them. And so she gets into a car accident ahead of them and Zanny and Raquel have to go to the hospital. Raquel breaks an arm. Zanny has a concussion. Not a great lie, Casey, because now you've just put the person you leave your child with all the time with a concussion should probably not be left with a child. Just saying. Right? Yeah. And the reason that like when they're on the phone, the reason she can't talk to Kaylee is because... Kaylee's at the hotel with Juliet because Casey's at the hospital with Zanny and Raquel. But Casey's just at Tony's. Mind you, without Kaylee. Yep. On June 23rd, they're still in Tampa. But the real thing that happens on June 23rd is that Casey's car runs out of gas and she needs gas. So Tony takes her over to her dad's house and they break into the shed in the backyard and steal George's gas cans. Which I'm going to say, like, I lived in a rural area and sometimes, like, the gas station near my house would close at night. And, like, it was hard to get gas because back in the day. And so my dad had a gas can that was labeled, like, Jessica's gas can that he kept stocked because sometimes I was absent-minded and let my gas run down. But that was also something my dad and I worked out. Like, I had a gas can that we kept in our barn. That was fine. But anyway, so the next day, George is off. It's the 24th. And he actually is off because he has a job interview that night because again they're having many problems so he has to he has to do that so he goes out to mow his lawn which makes sense like you know i got the day off i should do something and he goes back there and the gas can is kept with the lawnmower because that's why he had the gas to begin with and the gas cans and he realizes that the lock is broken and his gas cans are gone so he spreads the words and gossips to his neighbors and tells them calls the police makes a report and then he's thinking about it and he's like you know what i bet this is casey mind you i don't know if cindy's just not telling george that like she's supposedly in tampa or maybe she doesn't know he doesn't know when this happened because it could have been that he could be like well maybe this happened a few days ago Right. Yeah. If he didn't go out there, he wouldn't know exactly when it happened. Right. But conveniently, on the 24th, Casey would show up back at the house. And she comes inside because she's getting clothes. So she's getting clothes for her. And I'm assuming she's pretending to get clothes for Kaylee. I don't know about if that's actually it. But she's getting clothes. And George is like, I bet the gas cans are in her car. And he goes, hey, Casey, I left something in your car. Because mind you, the car is actually owned by Cindy. Like my parents did that with me. Like they bought me a car and then later in life they transferred it into my name. But they had kept it in Cindy's name. And he's like, I'm going to just go get it. And she immediately like bursts out of her room, runs out there. It's like, no, 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 I'll get it. I'll get it. He's like, you know what I'm looking for? I'll find it. She's like, just tell me. And they like fight all the way out to the car and they basically get to the trunk And Casey, like, stops him from opening it, like, gets in front of him, basically kind of, like, shoves him back because she reaches in, grabs the gas cans, and then throws them at his feet and yells, here's your fucking gas cans. And then she basically gets in her car and, like, leaves. And it's, like, this big dramatic thing. Well, that's on the 24th. And on the 27th, Casey texts Amy that her car has run out of gas. But here's the weird thing. 
in a caveat to this, <laughs> she texts her that she thinks she hit something and is dragging it on her car because her car smells foul. And this is the first time that someone's like, my car smells foul. And so she left because Casey doesn't think in some sort of logical fashion. She doesn't get a tow truck. She doesn't call her parents. She doesn't do anything. She just basically leaves the car and calls Tony and is like, can you come pick me up? And leaves it at an M. Scott financial parking lot, which was like a check cash place. And three days later on the 20 or on the 30th of June, the manager is like, nobody's come back from this car. It's parked next to a dumpster, which I'll give her credit for because if the car smelled and it parked next to a dumpster in the Florida humidity, that shit probably was rank. So they were like, I can't tell if it's the car or the dumpster. The manager calls and has it towed. In the back seat is a purse and a child seat with some stuff in it. That Monday, which is the 30th, about, Cindy's on vacation. And she wants to see Kaylee. She's like, I need to see my granddaughter. She texts Casey and says, I want to see my granddaughter. Where is she? And she's like, oh, well, Zanny and her roommate, Jennifer Rosa, which is like, why do you keep adding people to your stories? It's too many people. Right? That's just how she lies. She's got to put layer on layer on layer. And it actually makes less sense that it would be Zanny and someone else because this shit costs a lot of money. Right. I mean, we did like breakfast with characters because that's what they, she says that they're at breakfast with the characters at Universal Studios. It's pricey, yeah. And we did breakfast with the characters at Disneyland and it was like 75 bucks a pop, Mm -hmm. like per person. And the other thing is, is like, if Casey's having to work so many hours to pay for this nanny, why is the nanny running around to Disney World, all these places that are expensive? Exactly. So Cindy doesn't have anything to do that day. So she decides to go to Universal and she starts walking around Universal. She calls Casey and says, I'm here. Where's my granddaughter? And Casey's like, shit, my mom showed up there. She's like, you know what, mom? We're actually not even there. We're in Tampa. And Cindy just fucking takes it. Now, I'm really sorry, but like at this point, I would have called the cops. I would have been like, my daughter said my granddaughter was here. When I came here to confront her and get my granddaughter, she's not here. Somebody needs to do a welfare check. Yeah. I feel like shit could have been resolved a lot faster if Cindy had just like paid attention. Mm -hmm. About this same time, Tony goes on vacation. Casey drops him off at the airport and says, hey, you can use my car, but you can't stay at my apartment. Or at least that's what we think because Casey can't isn't staying at his apartment the entire time he's gone for a week. So Casey decides to hang out with Rick and Amy and she stays with them for a couple nights. And when they're like, hey, where's Kaylee? She's like, oh, I just left her with the nanny. It just makes more sense. Like, you know, I'm in between places. So at least she's like with somebody. She's at the beach. She's she's always telling the same lies, just different days, different people. On July 1st, Casey calls Jesse and is like, hey, can I come over and take a shower? Which is weird. So she comes over and takes a shower. And I remember watching him on a later episode or on an episode of Dr. Phil. And I'm not sure if it was this time, but this is the time in which I think this is the time. I could be wrong. I'll correct myself in the next episode if I'm wrong. That supposedly Casey has a seizure at his house. That they're hanging out and she has a seizure. Now, this could be in one of the many times that they reconciled between like 2005 and 2008. But I think it might be this time. It's it's crazy. The Anthony's didn't want him to tell the police that this had happened and didn't want. Oh, this might be later. I don't know. (laughs) This is something that's sticking in my brain. It's not in my notes, but just stuck in my brain. So anyway. It's fine. (laughs) I'll clarify in the next episode. On July 2nd. Casey gets a tattoo and it says Bella Vita, which stands for beautiful life or translates into beautiful life in Italian. And according to the tattoo artist, he said that Casey was talkative and upbeat and like cheerful. Like that's how she's described as a person is like very upbeat and peppy and happy. And that that's how she was the whole time. And that he actually didn't know she had a daughter because she never mentioned her or her whereabouts. All she talked about was her boyfriend, Tony. Well, about this time, Cindy has had a fucking enough. She's like, I need to get to the bottom of this. So she calls Lee. Lee starts doing an investigation. Now, this is literally like Stephanie Harlow said this the best. Um, This is the most heartbreaking part of this until a little bit later. And it is that basically every time that Casey would say, like, my daughter is here, Cindy would just go there and walk around and try to find her. So she's like, yeah, Kaylee's at Universal with the nanny. She would just like go to Universal and start walking around in hopes that she would run into her 
Or, oh, she's at the beach. She'd go to beaches and try to find her, which just broke my heart. I was like, oh, my God, no. Lee was a little bit more cunning in the fact that he started to contact her friends via social media and just like, you know, phone numbers that he had and basically got a hold of a friend who kind of narked and said, oh, yeah, Casey's actually going to be here on this date, like at this date and time. But this friend is stupid or just felt bad and basically told Casey that this friend told Lee. So because of that, Casey just didn't fucking show up, which so Lee shows up and then Casey's not there and can't really do anything. On July 3rd, Casey meets a new friend. Her name is Melissa. And it's important. The only reason I mention this is because Melissa was like the only one in their circle that had a kid herself. So she actually was looking forward to meeting Casey because she felt like she was going to have like this kindred spirit. And she was really disappointed because Casey didn't mention Kaylee at all. And she actually thought it was weird because she said that she was more upset that her mom and brother were blowing up her phone and was just really annoyed about it. But like didn't talk about her kid much, which made Melissa sad. So Cindy, at this point in time, decides she's going to make a MySpace page. When you look at the MySpace page, it literally said it was created on July 3rd, 2008. And so this is like a controversy for a lot of people because of what it says. If you're young and you don't remember MySpace, MySpace had this thing where you could like, when you wrote your post, you could like title it and then like put the mood you were in. So she wrote, my Kaylee is missing. And she wrote, current mood was distraught. And this is what she wrote. She said, she came into my life unexpectedly, just as she left. This precious little angel from above gave me strength and unconditional love. And now she's gone and I don't know why. All I am guilty of is loving her and providing her a safe home. Jealousy has taken her away. Jealousy from the one person that should be thankful. And mind you, this thing is fucking riddled with spelling errors. Thankful for all the love and support given to her. A mother's love is deep. However, there are limits to when one is betrayed by the one she loved and trusted most. A daughter comes to her mother for support when she's pregnant, and the mother says without hesitation it'll be okay. And it was. And then the lies and betrayal began. First, it seemed harmless. Ah, love is blind. A mother will look for the good in her child and give them the chance to change. This mother gave chance after chance for her daughter to change, but instead, more lies, more betrayal. What does a mother get for giving her daughter all these chances? A broken heart. The daughter who stole money, lots of money, leaves without warning and doesn't let her mother speak now to the baby that her mother raised, fed, clothed, sheltered, paid her medical bills, etc. Instead, tells her friends that her mother is controlling her life and needs space. No money, no future. Where did she go? Who is watching out for the little angel? Now, Stephanie Harlow will say this is like one of those like super passive aggressive moments. However, I think this is like she was meeting Casey where Casey lived on the internet. Like Casey only cared about what was happening in on MySpace and Facebook and that. So like if you're really trying to get somebody's attention, post shit like that. Like, I mean, now we look at that and we're like, oh, God, that's super catty and blah, blah, blah. But like maybe this is the only way she thought she could get a hold of Casey. Yeah. You know, it is it is passive. I will say it is super passive aggressive because it's like, hey, pay attention to me. And maybe she'll be embarrassed enough that she'll she'll call home and be like, here's your grandchild. So basically at this point in time, Casey texts Jesse and says, don't pay attention to it. My mom's crazy. Shit's happening. And then he kind of texts her the next day and is like, what's going on? Where is Kaylee? What's like, you need to tell me. And she says, because it's July 4th at this point, that she doesn't want to talk about it, but she'll probably text her call in later because she's going to get drunk. So at that point in time, Cindy and George are like, come bring Kaylee over. We'll have a barbecue. We'll watch the fireworks. It'll be great. And she's like, magically, remember the guy Jeff that Tara talked about earlier? Jeff magically reappears. And yeah, the t- <laughs> they magically reappear and that she's with Jeff and they're going to hang out. And she tells other people that they're in Jacksonville because that's where he lives and that Zanny took her to SeaWorld for the day and that they were all going to hang out later. Mind you, at this point in time, Casey talks to Tony and Tony has some bad news for her. This is like the 4th of July and she gets a little bitchy because she's like, I don't have bad news. I don't hear this when fireworks are going. It's like, you're kind of a brat. Tony basically says that he's going to finish out like the summer semester and most likely going to go back to Long Island because his dad doesn't want him in Florida anymore. 
and that he would basically, you know, be there until the end of the semester, and then he would move back, and then his dad was going to, like, ship his Jeep back later. At this point in time, Casey's actually at a house party with some friends, and there's this guy by the name of Will Waters, and he's the guy who's the party's at. And because of the whole, like, Tony's might be moving, Casey starts to, like, hang out with Will. And I think it was, like, in her mind, he has a house. So she's lining him up, and he knows all about Tony. All about, he knows about it. And they go and they hang out. So basically, at, like, 9.30 in the morning, she gets to his house, and she tells him, hey, I'm getting this new place. I'm getting an apartment. So I need to go to Ikea. So they go to Target and then they go to Ikea and they spend all afternoon at Ikea until about 4.30, which she takes him home and drops him off. And they immediately get on the phone because she's in Tony's Jeep this whole time. And she's going to like pick up Tony from the airport. Will and Casey are on the phone all the way until she basically sees Tony and then they hang up. But he knows the whole time. In fact, he says, don't you need to get into like boyfriend mode? And she's like, no, no, I'm fine. She picks Tony up. They go to Buffalo Wild Wings and then they go back home. So, you know, she's told him someplace where Kaylee is like with the grandparents or with the nanny or something. But this is when Tony would say that her nightmares would start. And even to the point where one night he woke up, she couldn't sleep and she was sitting on the floor with her laptop and she was crying and she was watching a video of Kaylee. So... July 6th, Cindy's like, I want to see Kaylee. Like, you need to let me see Kaylee. And the story that Casey had told Cindy is that she was with Jeff in Jacksonville and that she was supposed to be back on the 6th, but she couldn't be back on the 6th because her car was broken down. And I'm like, at this point, why doesn't her parents just drive to fucking Jacksonville? But then it's because they're not there. And she's like, I'm going to stay here and Jeff's going to get my car fixed. It's going to take some time. Well, about this time, Rick is going back to Puerto Rico to like visit family and all of their friends, Troy and Amy and a couple other people are going to go visit in Puerto Rico. And basically they just say, like Rick says, all you have to do is pay for your plane ticket. Everything else will be taken care of. My family's got it. And of course, being Casey Anthony, she's like, I'm totally going to go. Okay. And what she does is she says, I can't go right away, but I'm going to come a few days later because I got to, you know, take care of Kaylee and get that all set up and, you know, make a little extra money to pay the nanny, that kind of thing. Casey drops Amy off at the airport and Amy's like, why don't you just keep my car while you're here? Because then you can come pick me up from the airport or drive it to the airport and then we can take it home. Well, while she's in her car, she opens Amy's glove compartment and finds a checkbook. And immediately runs to Target and spends $100 and buys, like, weird shit. She bought, like, straws and cherries. And every time she goes to Target, she fucking buys straws and cherries. She's also, like, buying food for herself to eat. And this is also the day that she posts a picture of a little girl looking up at a teddy bear in a noose. And this is on her MySpace. And it says, why do people kill people who kill people to show people that killing people is bad? It's like, okay, she's all there. On July 13th. Cindy and George get a registered letter from the post office saying they need to come pick it up from the post office. And they make kind of a note in their life, like, we can't go tomorrow, but George is like, I can go on Tuesday, which is the 15th. And mind you, at this point, this is like a whole month that... Kaylee's gone. So they go and get the letter and it's basically from the city saying your car has been impounded. You need to come get your car. So George tries to go do it, but they can't because it's in Cindy's name. So Cindy comes down and he ha- they have to pay like 430-ish dollars because it's been an impound since the 30th of June. And so that's been like, you know, 16 days at this point. So they have to pay that. And George had his own set of keys and he says that when he opened it, It just like this foul odor hit him and the guy named Simon Birch who worked there. And Simon says he's only smelled this smell like one other time. And that's when they basically impounded a car where Guy had committed suicide in and no one had found him for five days. He said it wasn't quite as strong, but it still smelled that way. So then he and George talk about this. George is like he was a police officer for 11 years, like and he worked homicide. So he knows the smell of death. And he, you know, he goes around to the trunk and he thinks to himself in this. He's credited. He has said this a lot. I just thought like I was going to open the trunk and find my daughter dead, my daughter and my granddaughter, which is weird because they'd been like texting (laughs) and calling. But, you know, so they open it and then they find this like bag of trash in there that had like pizza and the pizza had basically at this 
fit like fester enough that it had formed maggots. So they're like, well, maybe this could be it. And then Simon throws it away. And George drives the car home, but he has to drive it with like all the windows down because of the horrible smell. On this day, Casey basically drains all of Amy's bank account. Like she basically bounces the check when she tries to like pay her 500 and something dollar phone bill. And she's just like, whatever. So at this point in time, Casey goes and picks Amy up from the airport. And then Casey is driven back to Tony's house because they can't take everyone home that needs to come home from the airport because the car isn't big enough. So she takes Casey home and then goes back to pick people up. And then they're going to go to the mall. Well, while this is happening, Cindy and them are going through the car at the house and they find all this stuff, like a pair of pants, which Cindy washes because she doesn't think it's a crime scene. She just thinks it's like a stinky car that she needs to wash this pair of pants in. And they find her purse and under the purse, they find Amy's phone number. So they call Amy and Amy is like, what the fuck? Like, what's happening? So Cindy's like, look, blah, blah, blah. Casey stole money. Casey's is... We don't know. We haven't heard from Kaylee. It's been like 30 days. It's been crazy. What is happening? Amy is like, okay, I feel really bad about this. I have a feeling something's going wrong because mind you, the whole time they're in like Puerto Rico, she keeps saying like, I'm going to come, I'm going to come until it's like less than a week before they're supposed to come back. Right. So she's like, okay, I'm just going to take you to Casey. So Cindy picks her up at the mall. Amy takes Cindy to Tony's house and Cindy is just like fucking mama bear. And she walks up to the door and she like, I have a feeling this woman has pounded on that door harder than any other time she's ever pounded on a door. And Tony opens the door and they're like, where is Casey? And Casey comes out and she's probably like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, your car was impounded, blah, 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 snatches her up and takes her home. Now, Amy goes home and has this like weird feeling that she should probably check her bank account. And she does and come to find out all her money is gone. So that's going to be fun for later. Hmm. Yeah. So Cindy says to Casey, where is Kaylee? You need to tell me right now. And Casey's giving her the runaround, like, I can get her tomorrow from the nanny. It's no big deal. Just, like, let it go. And she's like, no, it's been a fucking month. I've given you a month. Where's my goddamn grandchild? She's not cursing. This is me adding this. (laughs) I just wanted people to know. (laughs) And she basically threatens to call the cops. And Casey's like, you got to do what you got to do. So at this point in time, Cindy drives her straight to a police station. It's a small police station, and it actually has office hours. It closed at 5. So there's two calls I'm going to talk about on this episode, and then we're going to pick up on the third one next episode. Mm -hmm. So she basically calls the police and says, hey... I want to report grand theft. It's a car and money. It's like $40,000. The police officer is just like, whatever, kind of trying to pass her off to like, you know, that department and everything. And I think they just hang up, eventually just hang up and go home. And so at this point in time, Cindy has told George what's going on. And George calls Lee and Lee goes over the house because George is at work. And Lee gets there prior to Cindy and Casey arriving home. So Lee, like, they get there and for like two hours, they're like, where is Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? And finally, Cindy calls the police again. This is where we're going to leave it. I'm going to read you the transcript of this and then we're going to close for this episode. So this is what the 911 call says. You know, it's like, hello. And then they do the whole like, what's your address? And then they blank it out. Cindy Anthony, I have someone here. I need to be arrested in my house. The 911 operator says, they're there right now. Cindy says, and I have a possible missing child. I have a three-year-old who has been missing for a month. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. This, she's like, uh, 911 operator goes, a three-year-old? Have you reported that? I'm trying to do that now. The 911 operator says, okay, what does the person do that needs to be arrested? And she just answers my daughter because I don't think she's actually listening. And she goes, for what? For stealing an auto and stealing money. I've already spoken to someone who said they could patch me through to the Orlando Sheriff's Department and have a deputy here. I was in the car and I was going to drive her to the police station, but no one was open. They said they would bring a deputy to my home when I got home to call them. The 911 operator says, so she stole a vehicle. Cindy says, yes. And when did she do that? She said, on June 30th. I just got it back from the impound. I'd like to speak to an officer. Can I have someone come out to my house? And then it's kind of like cut off. This is what we have for this transcript. And so this is where we're going to leave it right now. So next episode, we're going to pick up with the next 911 call. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so that wraps up this episode. And like I mentioned at the beginning, this is like two of four-ish. So stay tuned and we will have more in the coming weeks. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. 